Yeah, so this is episode five of of Bajor, the Star Trek podcast featuring Hatercles at Hatercles. Say hi, Hatercles. Hey. And myself, Roger Clark at Roger Clark, and Wrangle Island at Wrangle Island. And we're talking about Deep Space Nine today. We're talking about the episodes, The Passenger and Move Along Home from season one. Let's just start talking about The Passenger, Douglas. What do you have to say about that? Well, I guess first, I the plot of this episode. Just in case you don't remember it, it don't. You only know just in case you you only know The Passenger as a song by a DS Nine guest star. The Passenger has Bashir, Doctor Bashir, and Kira. Well, on a runabout, come across a ship in distress. There are only two people on the ship, a policewoman of an alien race and a criminal she's been chasing. The criminal appears to die despite Dr. Bashir's efforts, but she is convinced that he is still active on and on DS9, which seems to be the truth as Quark is waiting for someone to make a Doridium shipment. Yeah, which their race is called, let me look up the memory alpha, Kobalid. Kobalid, I guess it's pronounced. I just saw the episode today. I don't quite remember. Yeah, it's, uh, the race is never mentioned again. The interesting thing about it is it's a it's an alpha quadrant race. It would be just too much information for them to be like, oh, well, here's a ship with an alien race from the Gamma Quadrant, and they're also like this because... I mean, Dax appears to actually know something about the race, the Koboliad, or what were yeah. they called? I, 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 I spelled C O B L I A D, but I don't per- quite remember how. It would, I think Kobilad, or I think. <laughs> yeah, I've, I watched it today, literally. Yeah, and... I know, but it's like there's so many Star Trek races, and frankly, we're not one of the more. I mean, the character herself, like um, Kajada, like, she's interesting, but. The race itself, it's not one of the more memorable Star Trek races, so... Oh, Kobliad. Kobliad. Okay. That's yeah. I, that's how to pronounce it. She was pretty cool. I mean, it was, it yeah. was nice to, to see, like, a she was just kind of a badass cop lady flying around yeah, with her I was prisoner. Really, yeah, I was really struck when she um she takes out her knife and just, like, st- sticks it into the, the corpse of her uh, Vantica, yeah. Like, yeah, that it's was a, a totally cool normal moment. thing to do. It was cool. Also, totally normal. Yeah. Oh, and I think another reason they had to, I guess, have been off quadrant race because um he had Vontiad had already had basically set up with Quark. He was like heading to DS Nine. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, so it this, makes and, sense. Yeah, and I think at this point, like the Gamma Quadrant. I mean, we, our next, the next, the other episode we discuss is like the first official. So I guess at this point, the series is too early. I guess they felt it was too early for a Gamma Quadrant race to like know about DS Nine and to make an arrangement to meet with Quark and stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. I, that's, logic seems sound. Yeah, this this is the first time we see Dr. Bashir turning into an evil guy. Later on, it happens again when he gets replaced by a changeling. Yeah, he was really weird. Well, I, I did read on the Memory Alpha, apparently, he, I guess when they made the reason he talked so weird, like, at the end, it's also weird because he only talked, because he, he obviously can't talk normal, like, well, I guess we don't know exactly when he takes control of Bashir. Like, is it when, is it immediately when the guy, the guy does, like, the Spock remember thing? Like, you know, touches them and says, let me live. Like, yeah. is that next, is it that instant or is it, like, a little later that Bashir gets, yeah, we don't know. But it appears like he can talk like Bashir normal, so I don't know why he's talking, like, by. Extremely slowly. 
Yeah, it. Yeah, that was really annoying. <laughs> yeah. But I guess the outside reason was like I guess when they filmed it, he did this other accent, which um I guess they said here was like a Bela Lugosi like accent. You guys know who Bela Lugosi uh, is, right? Yeah, the Dracula guy. Okay, well I don't know. It's like, you know, with millennials now. You know, I don't know. You know, they don't pay any attention to anything like. Past I'm cultured. Clothes. Yeah. I know who Bela Lugosi is. Yeah. Okay. I guess yeah. I think I would know too. I guess it's more our viewers. I was worrying about. I know there's a comic where they fight. Like and the issue, like in the seventies, like it was like after the motion picture, like Marvel had a did a Star Trek comic, and I guess he there's an issue where they meet like a basically they go to some kind of haunted spaceship or something, and it's full of like all these like famous monsters, and Dracula's one of them. <laughs> I mean, that probably would have been better than Move Along Home. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, yeah. But um, they anyway, want apparently, yeah, he used a different voice, and I guess they um. They decided they didn't like it, so they had to redub it. So maybe, like, they ha- so I'm wondering if maybe he had to say it like that tone and s- to, like, make it lip- match his lips. Ah. Uh, so maybe they- I was that wondering would explain so why it, it yeah. looked so weird and sounded so weird. Yeah, because it's a really annoying accent. Like, it's because it's just so... And it's like, again, we know we can talk like normal Bashir, so... But yeah, I did like the... Um, the like I was mentioning earlier, it was, it did seem like it was probably, like, inspired by um Star Trek Two when Spock, like, putting his... Katra into McCoy, you know, he does touch because again, it's like him touching him and saying something that's like, I guess, the process. Yeah, they even mention it. Bashir mentions that in the, in the episode. Yeah. Yeah, or was it Bashir or Dax? Someone mentions that Vulcans do that sort of thing in the yeah. episode. But yeah, I thought it was a neat, like, kind of like a darker version on that. Is this the first time that Quark is working with um, the episode's villain? I don't know. No, I mean, he had he was doing something with some smugglers in the pilot, but those weren't like the main villains or anything. It certainly seems a little bit sketchier than anything he's done before in in the past few episodes. Like, eventually, like some people die because of stuff that Quark did. He is he's pretty evil in this episode. Well, I think he says he presumably he doesn't know. Like, I mean, I think the idea is that he doesn't know. You know, he says he's a middleman, and I guess he doesn't know fully what the plan is, so he thinks it's just. You know, going to be a simple. What seems to be the thing in future episodes too, like he always, you know, like he thinks it's going to be just like a, basically just I guess like exchange of like you know, whatever contraband and like he's not expect, you know, he's not unaware if there's any like plans of violence or harm to others. Either way, it's like it's it's pretty interesting to see the the contrast between Quark in this episode where he's just basically full out sketchy criminal, and the next episode where he like gives like a kind of like a heroic speech or like or he was he's at least like trying to be really nice somewhat grovels. yeah yeah maybe maybe he's just groveling maybe well, maybe criminals grovel i don't know he was scared of getting apprehended a... by odo for true <laughs> doesn't it's not really heroic it's just trying to save himself yeah oh and we also had the i guess both these episodes have kind of um Introduce someone who I guess was like supposed to be a recurring character, but never showed up again. Um, Persimmon, Persim- L- Lieutenant Primmon. Primmon, yeah, he's recurring. I was gonna well, talk he- about him, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, but he's in the only- next episode. Yeah, but that's it. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I guess he's kind of like um, he's kind of like I guess the proto Eddington, because it's like the same kind of like thing where he's like the Starfleet security. He's supposed to represent like the. You know, because I guess it's the same idea of being both, but, like, Starfleet wants a security officer of their own rather than just Odo. Yeah, totally makes sense. 
yeah, so he's there to to rub Odo the wrong way, um, which is kind of funny. They they completely repeat this like B plot they have in this episode with Plimmons. Primmons. They completely repeat it when Worf uh, joins the show. It, it's the same thing where the new Starfleet security guy thinks that uh, Odo is too lax with Quark, and so they go investigating him on their own, and it turns out Odo was right all along. His methods are right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they also do the fi- have a... Because, like, Odo, when he tries to resign here, and he does the same thing when Eddington gets assigned. Yeah, it's... I, you know, they just... It's fine that they recycled the ideas. Yeah. If there's, there's enough seasons in between where people moody. forgot. Yeah, especially back then before, like, streaming and every, every For, like, streaming and, like, every series being on DVD and whatever. So, yeah, yeah. I imagine most people probably had forgotten Primmon by then. Yeah, it reminds me of people who threatened to, like, deactivate their Twitter. Yeah, Odo yeah. would definitely oh, yeah. write, like, a, a message, like, you know, Basically. like a going away tweet. Like, I'm not coming back. Do you want to, if you want to contact me on subspace? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I read that the, uh, the Primmon character, they introduced him because Colm Meany, o- Lieutenant, o- or uh, Chief O'Brien, was off filming a movie and they just, like, wanted to have some other Starfleet guy for people to talk to. They needed someone in yellow to complete the color scheme. Yeah. <laughs> it just looked weird. Yeah, and he kind of looks like O'Brien a little bit, too. Maybe it's just, like, the nice guy face they both share. The uh, This uh, this episode, it's I think it's a lot better than the one we're going to talk about next. I don't um, think so. Yeah, I feel like there's not much to say about it. Maybe 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 it's not. Me. Like, it's good, but there's, like, not much, you know, nothing, like, there's nothing really significant. It doesn't really, like, move the characters or, like, you know, it's not really like a milestone or anything or, like. Yeah, that makes sense. But, yeah, not... yeah, it's a decent episode, but, yeah. It's I guess like... it's definitely not as memorable as, as Move Along Home. Yeah. Um, we do learn something in this episode. Apparently, even uh, genetically engineered superhumans still only use 10% of their brain. Did you uh. know that? <laughs> Oh, God. Did you know that humans only use a tiny fraction of their brain? It's, and inside oh, the other part, say, inside the other 90% that. can be that. an evil villain. <laughs> yeah, you could just you could just hide, what, like nine other people in there? Yeah. Just, that makes sense. Yeah, the, the whole technobabble around, like, consciousness, it, it's all, first of all, it's always dumb as hell. There's just so much contradiction involved here where Bashir says that humanoids only use 10% of their brain. But so many times in the show where they say there's still so much we don't understand about the brain, <laughs> but they can like they can do insane stuff like like transport out a part of your brain cells out, out of your body. That's how they sh- they uh, cure Bashir at the end. Yeah, they like shoot a reverse version of the guy's consciousness through some shields <laughs> at Bashir and it just like returns him to normal. And then they they stick Bashir like in front of a transporter and they beam out his consciousness into they they beam out the bad guy's consciousness into some kind of like flash drive and like h- how does that make any sense when they say there's still so much we don't understand like it, first of all none of that stuff really makes any sense of, of course it's a, it's a you know it's a TV show but man like they're they're really stretching the limits there Again, the, the cop lady, when, when they do that, when they beam out 
the Vantica's consciousness into the flash drive, the cop lady just shoots it, just blows it up, which, you know, it's pretty funny. But they should have just beamed his consciousness into the trash. Plus for Starfleet, so it's like they, I think, like, they only, like, would take his life if it was, like, necessary. I mean, I, I guess. Like, yeah. Even though he was already dead? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, the, that that combo of the, the cop and, like, the, like, cartoony super villain, it kind of feels like they, like, came in from, like, a different show. Yeah, now that you mention it, it's, it, it does feel a lot like that. And there's there's so much there's so much of this kind of thing in DS9 and TNG, maybe even Voyager, where there's just this like disembodied bad guy that moves around from brain to brain. Yeah, well, I think possession is like a pretty popular, you know, that's a pretty popular sci-fi thing. Plus, it's I cheaper. Think, and like actors, I think they like to, you know, act their you have opportunities to like act in ways their characters don't. Yeah, they so, they like, want to make some accents that everyone hates so they have yeah. to redub the whole episode move along home that's a good episode go for it wrangle uh, <laughs> i have to describe the plot of move along home okay um move along home is about uh first contact first official first contact with a gamma quadrant race uh on ds9 uh, but it kind of goes off the rails because all they want to do is uh, play games at Quark's. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Quark cheats them, of course, and uh, in retaliation, perhaps, they trap our main characters uh, in a board game uh, of sorts. They don't realize they're in a board game, but... Uh, anyway, Quark is in charge of rolling the dice in the board game, or else everyone gets killed. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Move Along Home. And, uh, yeah, kind of, I love I love it. Great. Yeah. I, yeah. It's considered one of the, um, you know, I think I think it's considered, like, season one's worst episode by, like, fandom. But, I yeah, I don't think it's, I mean, I can see why, but I, yeah, but I don't hate it. I, you know, kind of Apparently it. it had the biggest budget. Ex- yeah. Except for the pilot, it was yeah. the, the biggest budget out of any episode in the season. Yeah, and I guess originally, like, even still, it was, like, originally it's budget... Because I guess, like, they had less... They were running out of money by this point. They were over budget, so they had to, like... Originally, I guess it was much more... I think they said it was, like, supposed to be, like... The the game was supposed to be, like, The Prisoner. You know, like, it was supposed to be, like, very surreal and weird. And these weird things that they had to, like, um cut back. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder what it would have been like then. Still, the concept is... It's a pretty ridiculous concept. Yeah, I do like, um... What do you got? Do you like... I, I like the Wadi. The mullet aliens. <laughs> the the race of gamers. Yeah. The gamer race. The, there... I love how the first thing they, they said are, where are the games? Yeah. We were told that you had games. Who told them about quarks on the way I guess there? the Vulcans. <laughs> the Vulcans. Why do the Vulcans care about quarks? Yeah, Vulcans I don't know. I hate quarks. <laughs> I think there's like card counting Vulcans, like card shark yeah. Vulcans. I mean, there's baseball playing Vulcans. Yeah. yeah, but he only does that out of spite. True, true. <laughs> I like that the lead Wadi guy. He's he's basically Ron Jeremy. He looks he looks exactly <laughs> like Ron Jeremy. Yeah, I do like the sense. Of, they have a, yeah, they are neat. Like you have the sense of me. It's mostly their hair, but I get the sense they're like kind of like they're like the hillbillies of the Gamma Quadrants. <laughs> Kind of like they're like they're like good old they're like a race of good old boys and stuff, you know. They 
Yeah, it's, that's that's a pretty good characterization, except for except for the fact that they have this magical technology which can transport people into a board game. Yeah, and... they seem like they could stop the Dominion probably <laughs> with their board game tech. They're too interested in gaming. Yeah, I mean that's just that's what happens. They're they're one of those like frustratingly like obtuse like mysterious you know race or people of the episode where i get that it's supposed to be like a different culture but they just don't explain anything to anyone and, and so that and they just say like confusing things like quark's asking about the rules of the game or, or some specific rule and and the guy the ron jeremy guy says uh you know some will never understand while others I, consider it mere child's play. Yeah, like, all, that's, that's like a tweet. That's like a weird Twitter yeah. tweet. All, I kind of think they're, because they're pissed at Quark, so I think they might be intentionally, like, not telling him. Like, maybe if it, if it was, like, under better circumstances, they'd be, like, more helpful. Oh, they were definitely trying to scare him and teach yeah. him a lesson. So I'm wondering, but, like, maybe, yeah, so I'm wondering maybe, like, if, or if, it was under better circumstances, I wondered. Like, they, and someone was just like, oh, how do I play Chula? Yeah. They'd be like, oh, here are the rules. Yeah. It's just, it's just only in this case, because they're trying to keep Quark a lesson that they're kind of being dicks about it. Or were they trying to teach the uh, the senior staff a lesson, too? They didn't do anything to him. <laughs> but they were never in... They, what do you think about um, Twist, that they were never... Uh, I like it. That, really? Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. It, I like... It definitely is, it was unexpected. I mean, I, I kind of assumed that, oh, yeah, of course. they Well, they want you to assume the whole time that if the game is lost and they die and i guess i guess you know it's, it's an ironic twist people yeah. talk about how ironic twists are pretty much the the source of all meaning and story writing so <laughs> i guess i guess it's good well it, it ends the same way either way because we know a main character is not gonna die yeah and even if it turned out that they were in danger the only thing that would happen is cisco would go we don't like doing that here, you know, but we can't prosecute you or do anything because you're a different culture. So, bye. <laughs> it's, it, there's there's similar stuff definitely like in TNG where, yeah. where Picard basically has to go like, uh, what you did is like a high crime, but can't do anything about it. Bye. <laughs> Federation will write you a strongly worded letter. So... It's kind of weird, and it kind of goes along a little with the last episode, but uh, Bashir really hands it up in this episode. <laughs> like, I guess I didn't realize how much he was supposed to be the comic relief early on. Yeah, uh, it's weird. He really, really lays it on thick in this one. Yeah. He's like a moron. Well, I guess the original idea was he's supposed to be like, I kind of feel like he's almost like conceived as me, like as like the opposite of Bones, whereas like, you know, Bones is like, yeah, I mentioned this before, I think in the our first step but like you know where bones is like old and, gr and grumpy like Bashir is young and like you know naive and you know excited yeah yeah it, it's still though he like alternates between being a moron and being totally competent far yeah. more competent than any other doctor well that's fine you can be like a goof or, or like a like a naive kind of like thinks too highly of yourself comic relief character and like being intelligent or being a good doctor but uh it's just a little weird with how he ends up being later in the show like he's pretty brooding later on kind of in a way yeah 
well, maybe he's still, like, trying, because he's just met these people, he's, like, still trying to, like, you know, get what we learn later, maybe he's still, like, he's intentionally, like, doing some dumb things, so people don't suspect he's, like, an argument. He's, he's intentionally, like, being really bad at flirting. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, it could be. Because <laughs> he secretly doesn't want to get laid. Well, I don't know. He's but, too good enough that, it. but, like, maybe, like, he intention. I don't know, maybe he didn't lose his, like, uniform. He thought, I don't want to wear this. And, hey, it'll be a good way to make paper pen think I'm a dummy who's not genetically engineered. Maybe. True. Also, his acting, you said it earlier, Wrangle, but he, he, he gets so much better at acting over the course of the episode, or the course of the series. Yeah, I, I think it was really just the the his choice for the accent last episode that was really bad, but yeah. <laughs> so so the games they put them through in the in the, the game, the board game within the game, well, okay, so there's, like, tension in this episode comes from, like, we don't know the rules of this game and anything can happen in it and it the board doesn't seem to correspond to what's going on to our characters. <laughs> so it's... You're, it's just like, oh, I wonder what they're going to come up against next. And it's... It, the challenges they have them do, they're not really, like, clever twists. They're just like, do the thing in this room. But we're supposed to think the characters are smart for figuring them out? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like the vape room? The like, va- the, <laughs> like the, he could, yeah. Guy, yeah, the the guy comes in and he says, drink, drink. And then the solution to to the room is you drink the drink that's in the room. It's not a it's not like a reverse <laughs> trick or anything. That was the trick. Do you guys know the the rhyme? Can you recite oh, the rhyme? I think so. All moraine. When okay, all moraine. Yeah. <laughs> four all moraine. Then three more all moraine. You can see all moraine. You come to me. I think come with me. Come with me. Okay, Close I, enough. Yeah. Pretty good rhyme. I uh, I think they they really should they should have kept it and said it in every episode. <laughs> It would be funny if that started, like, the you would see, like, Bajoran children pick it up somehow. Yeah. I love Cisco's singing voice. Oh, yeah. I find that, too. Like, of all of them, he's, like, the most... Everyone, the most else, is, everyone else is, like, uh, like, like Kira is just, like, oh, Marina. But he's, he's, he goes for it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, he... Yeah, yeah, I mean, all of them... I don't know. You well, know why pretty, did he go for it? I guess he likes singing. He likes singing. I think Avery like, Brooks probably likes singing. Well, he's probably, like, I think he does, I think he's, like, probably a stage actor. You know, like, I said, he's a theater actor, so, yeah, I'm sure he's been trained in that. I think he's, like, a musician, because I saw, like, something oh, really? where, like, uh, it was, like, uh, Patrick Stewart, or, Patrick Stewart, uh, Shatner, <laughs> Shatner interviewing him for whatever documentary, it was just a YouTube clip, but he's, like, uh, he's, like, playing the piano the whole time and, and kind of, like, and not paying attention to whatever Shatner's trying to ask him. Pretty cool. Made made me like him a lot. Good. <laughs> yeah, in, in my notes, I, I wrote down the Elmerain rhyme. It sucks. The crew's singing it. It really sucks. How I... does that suck? That's like the most <laughs> memorable thing in the whole show. I guess, yeah. I mean, like the whole series. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's so much weird stuff here. Like, there... The way Odo participates in the game that they're playing with the Wadi, like, I don't really understand why he didn't just be like, okay, guys, like, what are you doing? You need to give back our people or we're going to kill you and blow up your ship. And you're like, 
I, I, I don't really scared, understand that. I guess he's scared of whatever technology they have. Because it seems more advanced than, than the stations. So True. I guess if they can transport them to board game world, you know, who, who knows what they could do to the station. Plus they have um, before... You know, Mayfay, like, move and boom, they they kind of, like, had the four, you know, the four officers basically as hostages in a way. Yeah. Okay. I That's that's so, reasonable. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. But, but yeah, they didn't mention, like, why. So, yeah, but yeah, I didn't think about it until you, like, mentioned it. Like, why didn't, why didn't Odo and just play by their rules? I really like the quote from Quark this episode where he's, he says, One man's priceless is another man's worthless. <laughs> I just really like that. Yeah. I'm gonna wait for an ep- for an opportunity to use that in real life against someone, and I'm I'm sure it'll go over pretty well. Where are the games? You ain't got games. Bashir oh. lost his dress uniform in the first yeah. part of the show. And apparently, oh, I read an echo. Originally, there was a line about how told Zach he was considering having hiring Garrick to make him a new one, and she was like, uh, she's unsure about having a Cardassian make a Starfleet uniform. Why can't? Why couldn't he just like literally go into any room and say? Computer, make me a oh, yeah. Starfleet uniform. Yeah, Maybe because specifications Bashir Alpha three, and it would have <laughs> it would have his exact measurements yeah. stored in yeah. the computer. Yeah, yeah we can pretty much works. already do that now. So, I, yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't well, be an official Starfleet uniform. Well, he wanted an opportunity to talk with Garrick, hang out. Yeah. Oh, also, this I guess at the same time they filming this episode, they were filming the um. The next gen episode that's kind of a crossover where um the Enterprise goes to DS9 and one plot is Worf encountering that guy who says his father's still alive and then yeah. Data and Bashir have this subplot about Data getting dreams dreams having dreams for the first time. Yeah, it was a cool episode. And apparently, for some reason, originally it was going to be Dax and da- in the plot, but she was I don't know. It seems weird to me because apparently, like. Because, like, they needed her for this episode, they had Bashir, but I don't... Since Bashir is in this episode, too, I mean, why not just simply have, like, Dax be the one who disappears? Yeah, but Bashir disappears... I guess they were filming specifically the end, where they go to their cave set. Uh, yeah. Bashir's yeah. not in that part. That probably took a long time to film, because they needed yeah. to shake the room. But I'm just wondering, why, if Dax was already planned, why not just say, okay, well, let's have Dax be the one who, like, disappears, and then she could have... Yeah, because apparently, I guess that was kind of a butt... Because I guess Terry Fowl, I guess, is a Trekkie. But anyway, yeah, but I do know she's, she's like... married a... to the Crystalline Entity? <laughs> someone told I-, I heard someone told me when she was date. She was married to, like, um, Spock's... Uh, Leonard Nimoy's son, but yeah, I don't see that here, so maybe they were mistaken. But yeah, but I do know, because I remember, like, she was said she was, like, really excited for, like, troubles, uh, for, um, trials and tribulations. Because, so I think she said she was, like, really looking forward to, like, um, working on, to being on Next Generation. So. It would make more sense for Dax, I think, to help. Because, yeah, they're both science officers. I mean, I guess we find out later that Bashir's a super genius, but we did, he wasn't a super genius at this point. So it doesn't, I, I remember, like, it doesn't, Yeah. Why is he able to figure out this thing about data? <laughs> I don't know. And thinking about that TNG episode, Bashir was, he wasn't really very comic relief-y there. And it seemed like maybe it was written for Dax because he was like, he was pretty much just serious and competent and not jokey throughout the whole thing. Is that the same episode where uh, 
Riker uh, gets information from Quark. Like, no, that's Quark a different app. On... No, that's a different app. Quark, we see, yeah, and um, and yeah, we're talking about they go to Quarks, but we don't see Quark, but we do see Morn and a couple of the bartenders. Okay, but yeah, that's the um the episode. app where um that's the app where like they get visited by Alexander from the future, and he's like tries to like because yeah, because they're, they're trying to like he tells them that the Duras sisters are behind an attempt on Worf's life, and so they talk to Quark because the Duras sisters were last seen on DS Nine, and right and Quark goes Riker of gambling debt, I guess yeah or something <laughs> yeah which I think is mentioned again when um Tom Riker shows up oh. But yeah, Quark owes Riker some money. Some good continuity. Yeah, it looks like on Memory Alpha it says that uh, Terry Farrell is engaged to Adam Nimoy. Okay, so they're engaged. Good luck to them. Yeah. What do you guys think so far of the episodes that we've watched up to now? They're, I mean, they're still like, I think, being decent. I mean, I think, like, again, like, compared to, like, the first season of, like, Next Gen, Gen, you know, it's, like, much more, I mean, it's still clearly, like, very, like, a shakedown mode we're still like finding out yeah so we're not like the great one we're not like what we're not as good as what's going to come once they like you know get their shit together and everything but for still i think you know it's like you could it's not they're not a bad way to like spend 45 minutes yeah i i feel like i i have a lot of anticipation for actually exploring the gamma quadrant and finding out like what's going on i just find myself really wanting them to to introduce that stuff and i guess you know that's probably what the audiences felt when they were first watching it where they they were like yo we got this whole region of space and that it, it seems like they're kind of holding out on that yeah. for as long as they can and even introducing the dominion and stuff that takes them a really long time to actually come out and do anything with that which is probably probably a good call for the longevity of of a seven-year series yeah i was thinking i was actually just thinking as you're mentioning it, that it's kind of odd that in a way it's kind of weird that like we're so like yeah nine episodes or so in and, and yeah we've only like gotten like two gamma quadrant species so far or well i don't know depending three depending on where you count the prophets as a gamma quadrant i count the manta ray that came out of that oh game. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and tosk and the hunters yeah but yeah i was being like yeah, i was thinking like tosk and the hunters and yeah i was counting those ones since we're like even over two of the rays that were like the same kind of like civilization and then like navawadi and i think what's the next i think I think there's that guy, Odo, that guy who's on the run, who tells Odo he knows where his race is, but he's actually looking for, he wants his daughter. I think that's later on the season. He's like, I think Gamma Quadrant. We got some, we got some good stuff coming up. Yeah. Uh, the Nagus is next. Oh, that's the first Ferengi app. What's I, next? The, the Nagus and... Uh... Vortex is the one you were talking about. Oh, that, oh, it, yeah, they have, I was talking about, so I guess that is the next. And then after that, I think, is they go to the the Gamma Quadrant and they leave the Pope there. Oh, uh, yeah. They leave the yeah, Pope so... on the planet with Mike from Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, we have some good... Yeah, I think that we're getting... Yeah, I'm looking at the list up coming now, and yeah, it's pretty good. We're getting some pretty... Some actual, like, plot development for the rest of the series. Yeah. I don't think any of the episodes so far have been outright bad, except maybe the Q episode. I would agree with that. Yeah, I would say even the Q episode, I would think, yeah, isn't out, outright bad. Mostly because, again, I really enjoy Q, I think. It'll depend on how excited you are to see Q. I'm, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm negative excited to see Q. <laughs> <laughs> that, I guess, concludes our episode for today. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will continue to do so. 
Join us next time when we will discuss the Negus and Vortex. Oh, yeah.